Welcome to Purifying Truths with A-Star. So excited to have you tune in with us this Saturday. Today we have a guest that is near and dear to my heart, Samuel Murray, my one and only brother. Welcome to Purifying Truths, Samuel. Thank you, Amelia. It's a pleasure to have you on. I want the audience to know that you are now a published author. So let's just get to know the man behind the story. So glad to have you, a positive male role model, a father on Purifying Truths. And we understand that your life has not been a crystal stare per se. So explain how you became Murray. I was born to Carol Corbett. She was a drug addict. And by God's graces, I was able to be adopted by family. Wow. So I know adoption can be hard. For those that don't know our life story, we didn't grow up together. We actually grew up in different states. So with that being said, do you recall the adoption process? Very, very vaguely. It was it, it stuck out to me because of the adoption process, and I was the only one in my school or grade or generation that I knew of that was going through this process. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it was very simple, it seemed to me, but I'm sure it wasn't. What I remember was putting on a uh, shirt and tie, going in front of the judge. The judge asked me some questions and how I felt about being adopted by my adopted mother. And how impressive Judge was with my clothing that my doctor mother picked out for me. <laughs> my side of the coin is that I got teased for being adopted, but I was never adopted. So that is certainly a privilege. But also with that, I'm sure you have some sort of burden. Were you ever teased for being adopted? Well, not exactly teased. People more or less questioned, mm-hmm. wanted to know more about the process because they know I didn't live with my mother or my father. The questions more or less were more like, did you know them? Did you ever know them? Did you ever get a chance to see them? Mm-hmm. I wasn't the one to be teased in school. It mm-hmm. was, yeah, it was always questions. It was never teasing for me. So was it easy, you think, because you were adopted by family than being adopted by strangers? I believe so, yes. For the simple mm-hmm. fact that I still got to know my family. If I wasn't adopted into family, then I probably wouldn't know, you know, I wouldn't know as much of my family as I do. Mm-hmm. It would probably be a lot more on the outside than what I am. It has to be difficult, though, knowing that you're with your family but things are different than the status quo. Well, actually, I don't think it's more difficult. I consider it a blessing. Mm-hmm. Because if I wasn't adopted or if I wasn't adopted by a family, I wouldn't have the opportunities that I have. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't adopted, then I, I could be dead right now. I could be addicted to drugs. I could be in jail. My life could have went on a whole different path. And I'm blessed because God put me in that situation to be adopted. Mm -hmm. And you wrote about this in the anthology, 
soaring above life's chaos. And I understand that your portion of the story dives deep into your life experience. But as I hear you talk, you're not giving a sob story. You're giving a testimony. Understanding you're a man of faith, I just applaud you because you've been through so much. You could have turned it around, like you said, been locked up, been addicted. You had every excuse to choose that route, but yet you didn't. Why not? Well, simple fact that I just knew better. I wasn't trying to get in trouble. I wasn't trying to go to jail. And I believe God just really took his steps through me, helped me to do the right thing when the wrong thing was in front of me. There's always two roads, the good path and the bad path. Sometimes I chose the wrong race. Sometimes I chose the right way. But all in all, it's probably through. Yes, yes. And looking at your story, comparing to many others with similar stories, you beat the odds. You were supposed to be a statistic in a negative way, but you are a statistic in a positive way. And again, that's to be applauded. I believe I was, I think, 15. I'm not real sure when I got to meet you face to face. What were your thoughts when you found out that I existed? When I found out she existed, I thought it was like something from a TV show or a movie, A Long Lost Sister. I was like, wow, really? It was it was hard to believe. And I was excited to meet you. And I didn't know what to expect. So, uh, yeah, I was just, it was really exciting to know I had a sister that I didn't know. Just, you know, there's always family you don't know. Uncle somewhere out there or cousin somewhere out there that you just met for the first time that was born in another state. But a sibling, at the age I was, I was able to comprehend it was just amazing. I believe the first time I laid eyes on you, I was shocked. My little brother was bigger than me because huh. I really wanted to bully you around. But um, you erased that the minute I locked eyes with you. <laughs> and maybe that's why you weren't teased um, as far as the adoption process. I know it was very hard for me growing up because even though I was with family, I wasn't with biological family. So it was turned on and off. You know, I belong today and tomorrow I don't belong. And who knows what's going to happen next week or next month, whatever the fad was. I look different than those in my family, my family that was in Virginia. I'm wondering, did you face any of those obstacles? Because that was the biggest challenge I had being away from mom, daydreaming about what she was because I didn't know she was an addict, daydreaming about you and Estelle and wishing that we were going to live happily ever after the way it happens in the fairy tales. Since I was younger, I always knew about my mother and father. Actually, my biological father only lived three blocks away from me. My mother lived out in the projects, and uh, I knew her too. As we grew up, I always had kind of a, a little bit of anger towards them. But as I got older, I kind of understood because some addictions are just that. They're just addictions. But some things you can't help. Whether it feels your responsibility or not is your choice. 
that's the part I really struggled with was feeling that they didn't feel responsible for me, if that made sense. Mm-hmm. My birth mother, my birth father, in my eyes, felt like they wasn't responsible for me. But through the grace of God, I had a mother. And I think that was like a big thing through school and people questioned me. that I had two mothers and I knew both of them. I was adopted. Of course, I only had one father. And it was always this since I was born, so it wasn't really painful mm-hmm. as it might have been for you because mm-hmm. it was always like this. Mm-hmm. When I look back and I learn of how you grew up versus how I grew up, there's many times that truth slaps me in the face because, as you said, your father, who is not my biological father, lived so close to you. And mom was right down the street. I thought that you had this wonderful relationship and you got A, B, and C from them both. And I was the outcast. But as truth has it, we both had to come to terms that we were products of someone suffering from abuse but yet had the decency to shelter us from those addictions, that abuse, and so forth. So I too can say that I was blessed. Looking back, I'm grateful. So you being the youngest, how do you feel about that? Are you ever wishing that you were the oldest or the middle, or you enjoy being the baby? Actually, I never experienced really being the baby, the oldest, or nothing else because I wasn't really around my birth siblings as, you know, I wasn't really around y'all growing up. I was around my sisters uh, growing up, but she was also taken care of by my grandma, my father's mother. I saw her on a regular basis two, three times a week, but she didn't. I didn't live with her. Mm-hmm. So, didn't really have that steady relationship per se as much as my brother Joey. We had a stronger connection growing up because we lived together. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole whole other story which is also in my book. <laughs> yes, yes. Understanding that you grew up in not the ideal situation, but you took lemons and made lemonade with your adopted mom, how does that affect you now that you're an adult? What did you take from your childhood to mold you into the man that you are today? Well, first of all, I know that my mother didn't have to do anything for me at all. Like she could have left me where she found me. She did not have to take me in, feed me, bathe me, clothe me. I thank God every day for that. I thank God every single day for my aunts, my uncles, the family that she introduced me to that I might not have known because, you know, my birth parents didn't really reach out to those people, those family members. And if it was for my adopted mother, I might not have known them. But I feel that from growing up, I'm a better father because I know what my parents didn't do for me and I would never leave my children. I would try my best to make sure they have everything they need at all times. Mm-hmm. I would try my best to be everything my father isn't at the same time, not be angry about it. 
that's the hardest part. It is hard. I go through times where I've let it go. I've made my peace. And there's days where I'm hurt. There's days where I'm angry. There's days when I just can't explain how I feel. I'm always grateful. The question why seems to haunt me from time to time. Do you deal with that as well? Yes, I do. And a couple of times I tried to ask. I tried to ask why. But never got an answer. Because my relationship with my father was different than all my other siblings. It seemed like every single one of my sisters was taken care of by my father at some point in time in their life, maybe not their whole life, but some point in time in their life, they were taken care of by him. But I never was. And even though I lived three blocks away, three walkable blocks away, I don't think I was able to see the man until I was able to cross the street by myself. Hmm. And because... Each one of my sisters was taken care of by this man. I just always wonder, why me? And I have another brother who also wasn't really taken care of by him. He's in the same situation I am. Wow. I wonder, is it a male thing? Does he not like his sons? Does it? I don't know. I always wonder why. But I never get an answer from him. <laughs> Very possible he don't have the answer. That's what he told me. Addictions. You don't think logically. As sorry as I am that we had the life that we had growing up, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God made it so that we did connect and that we did meet. As you talk about your children, obviously I feel the same way. I do whatever it takes to provide for them, to make sure that they have the things that they need. And many times people from the outside say that we're handicapping or we're spoiling them. What advice would you have for those that maybe have similar situations like we do and are dealing with whether they're crossing that line of handicapping or spoiling their children? Because we pour so much into them. And sometimes... It's because of our past and what we didn't get. Well, I was, I found out as I got older, if I didn't get it, I didn't need it. So mm. as far as spoiling my children, <laughs> that didn't happen. Right now, uh, a lot of times I follow the way I was raised because I was raised in the right way, I believe. By my adopted mm. mother, my, my family, my adopted mother taught me right. And I try to teach my children the right way. So my advice is to give your children what they need. Teach them that material things aren't as important as godly things or family. There's much more important things than about what other people think, about what you're wearing, about what you have. Mm-hmm. How do you teach your children about forgiveness? Because... As you're dealing with it, they're watching you, especially when they're younger and how you interact or maybe when your mood changes because of thinking of the past or maybe revisiting it because maybe you see your dad. How do you practice that forgiveness? Huh. That's kind of a hard one. Actually, the f- f- far as 
the forgiveness part of my father. I've seen him. I've been angry and went down to see him. I went down to my children and go see him. And there's nothing I can really do but forgive him. I mean, anything other than forgiveness is just going to upset me. Mm-hmm. Why be upset? Why be angry at something I can't control? There's some people you can't change. Some people it's just not going to be for you, no matter what you do. You can try your best all your life to make try to make these people happy, and it's just not going to happen because they don't want it to happen, or they're not going to be they're not going to be what you want them to be. As far as being angry your whole life because of it, it's easier just to forgive people that aren't sorry. That's powerful. Forgive people that aren't sorry. I too struggle and try to forgive people that aren't sorry. And I even go a step further in understanding that they must not know better. They must be so miserable that all they can do is be hateful and spew hate towards me. I truly believe there are people that don't know how to love and I feel sorry for them. I think that we're the lucky ones. We're fortunate to know how to love. In your story, you tell all about the details of how you grew up and how you went from your biological to your adopted mother. Many times, I'm sure, as you were growing up, you felt like an outcast or like you're all alone. But the more you tell your story, I find the more you're not alone. Have you found that to be the case as well? Absolutely, because my story is not a story of being alone. My story is a story of triumph. Mm-hmm. My story starts off where I'm supposed to be defeated, but that doesn't happen. My story is a story where I was meant to be alone, probably discarded. But through the grace of God, um, he gave me a family, a mother, sisters, brothers. And because of that, I was taught gratitude, respect for my elders, respect for women. I was taught education is important because Mm -hmm. of this. I could have been a drug dealer. I could have been a drug addict. I could have been in jail. I could have been in the grave right now. I could have been a whole lot of things that I wasn't. And not saying I'm perfect now or I do everything right now, but I'm looking back at my youth. I'm so much further than where I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't always go down the right path, but I didn't always go down the wrong one either because of my family. I love how you have that balance. You know, many times people will spiral into depression, anger, all sorts of negative emotions because they don't have that balance. But you can embrace that, yeah, I did some things wrong, but I did some things right too. And I love that you give credit where credit is due, that you had a strong foundation. And I too... Today, look at how I take care of my children and how I even interact with others. And I see a little bit of my 
grandma in me. I see a little bit of mom in me. And I think we take those positive pieces, allow them to grow and plant them in the next generation. So let's talk about what's next. You had to write this story. What inspired you, number one, to write, number two, to write about your story? (laughs) That's kind of amazing in itself. For one, I'm not a writer. Number two, I'm not a big reader. But one day, I was, I think I got off from work. I stopped working. I came in. I was tired. My wife was asleep. I've already eaten. And I just picked up a piece of a notepad and a paper and just started writing down the story. I don't know where. I just started writing down. It It just came so naturally. It just flowed out of me. And it took me like a couple of days. It was just so easy because now I was so amazed because, like I said, I'm not a writer. I don't read. It just, it, was, it just came out of me so easily. And I don't know why I did it. I don't know what drove me, you know, to do it. I have no idea what my inspiration was other than God speaking to me himself. But I say maybe about two weeks later, you called me mm-hmm. about this book. So I don't know how that worked out like it did. But... <laughs> A couple of weeks before you called me about this book, I already wrote it, my story to it. That is so, so profound. They say God knows and God does. And he knew that the anthology was coming out and he already had divinely downloaded in you every step I take which is a phenomenal read. Yes, I love to read. I love to write. And in editing and going over your story, it brought me to tears. I had to pause in reading your story. Not only was it thought-provoking and causing multiple emotions, but to know that my brother, my brother went through this. You definitely don't look like what you've been through. What's next? Is there a part two? Is there going to be a screenplay? Are you going around the world, motivating, inspiring, and speaking? What's next? That's not the only thing God put in me. I have a movie that's in my heart. I already know what it's about. I already know what to put down on paper, uh, all that. And this story that I have definitely has to, to be continued. Because it's not my whole life, but I definitely have more to put down that God's put in my heart. I have a whole lot more testimony to give about this life that I live. I'm different. I'm the kind of guy that I can go speak to other people. I'm not really shy. As far as what's next for me, I want to go out and speak to people. I want to go out and try to put the word of God in people's hearts. But what's different about me is I can go into bars. I can go on the corner to drug dealers. I can speak to people in the way that other people can. And that's what I believe my gift is. Mm-hmm. I believe that's where I'm going. To speak to people about God that other people can, in the way that other people can. Because mm-hmm. of the way God built me, because of the way I grew up, where I grew up at. And I can talk to those kind of people. I'm not afraid to talk about God. I love talking about God to anybody who, who wants to talk about him. And Amazing what the word says. Hedges and highways. 
Church is not for those on the pew. When others read your story, what are the main points that you want them to take away from it? I want them to know that God was with them through every part of the way. Whether you was in danger and you was by yourself or whether you didn't know you was in danger, God was still with you. And Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be where you're at right now if it wasn't for the help from our Lord. Whether you're in a bad situation right now, it would have been worse if you was by yourself. Whether you don't think that God is with you, whether you don't know or believe that God is with you, he still loves you. And he's still with you. You know, that is a powerful message. And certainly I too believe God is with us. He's protecting us. He's directing us and inspiring us divinely every day of our lives, whether we acknowledge it or not. You said something earlier, we were talking about forgiveness and it reminded me of the serenity prayer. For those of you who have dealt with addiction, that is something that is sort of a mantra when you go to the AA and the NA meetings. And for those of you that don't know what the serenity prayer is, it simply states, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change those I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Samuel, I believe that God has granted you that serenity. I'm so excited that he did. I'm looking forward to everything else that you have on the horizon. If the audience would like to connect with you, how can they do so? They can connect to me through Facebook or through my email. All right. And your Facebook name? Sam Murray. M-U-R-R-Y. Sam Murray. And your email? S-D-C-M-U-R-R-Y at gmail.com. All right. You heard it here first. Samuel Murray, debut author, Every Step I Take in Soaring Above life's chaos. He certainly had some chaos in his life, but he's soaring above it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Purifying Truths. Thank you for having me on Purifying Truths, William. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. You too can connect with A-Star on Facebook and Instagram at Facets of A-Stars. Tune in every Saturday for exciting new guests who illuminate the world in the various facets of life. Shine bright.